and welcome to Breaking the Curtain with me, Chrissy, and me, Joss. Don't forget to silence all phones. Or don't, it's a podcast. And most importantly, enjoy the show. On the 21st day of the month of September, in an early year of a decade not too long before our own, the human race suddenly encountered a deadly threat to its very existence. And this terrifying enemy surfaced, as such enemies often do, in the seemingly most innocent and unlikely of places. Hi friends, welcome back to yet another spooky episode of Breaking the Curtain. I want to dance right now because in my head I was like saying the intro and I got that like piano popping in. (laughs) Well, if that intro didn't give it away, we are about to tackle everyone's Favorite man-eating plant musical. Are you ready? Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop, <laughs> little shop of Horrors. Pop, shoot, pop. Oh, I am ready. I am dancing in my seat. All right. Now that we are good and ready, here we go. If you are not familiar, Little Shop of Horrors is a horror comedy rock musical loosely based on the 1960 film of the same name. The story follows a florist shop worker who raises a plant that feeds on human blood and flesh. Now, this show contains man-eating plants, domestic abuse, and mention of suicide and drug use. That being said, listener discretion is advised. You know, I always wonder when it comes to these type of, like, really oddball shows, who thought of this? Well, we have the answer for you, friends. (laughs) The idea for Little Shop of Horrors came shortly after composer Alan Menken. Alan Men- oh my Menken. God. I know. <laughs> okay, good. My like, I hope doesn't, so. but I do. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Menken and playwright, director, and lyricist Howard Ashman's first collaboration, a musical adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, which closed after only 49 performances off-Broadway in 1979. Shortly after, Ashman approached Mencken with the idea to create a musical comedy based on Roger Corman's Little Shop of Horrors, a dark comedy film from 1960. Now, believe it or not, when Alan Mencken agreed to create the musical, it would be his last attempt at writing a musical. If it failed, he would work full-time writing commercial jingles. Ashman loved the 1960 Little Shop film and wanted to create a musical with a small cast, and as written in the script's introduction as a satire of, quote, many things, science fiction, B-movies, musical comedy itself, and even in the Faust legend, end quote. The stage musical features a 60s doo-wop and Motown and rock and roll inspired score by Alan Menken with a book by Howard Ashman. Ashman also directed the show with musical staging by Edie Cowan. Now, before we move on, let us all just take a minute Mm -hmm. and think about the vast career of Alan Menken. Right. He too was once at a point where he was ready to throw in the towel and focus on writing commercial jingles. So for all my theater babies out there, Just keep that in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. as we go on to find out what happened next with Little Shop of Horrors. So on May 6, 1982, Little Shop of Horrors premiered off-off-Broadway at the workshop of the Players Art Foundation, where it ran until June 6th. The next month, on July 27th, Little Shop opened at the Orpheum Theatre off-Broadway, still produced by WPA Theatre, David Geffen, Cameron McIntosh, and the Schubert Organization. 
It starred Lee Wilkoff as Seymour, Ellen Green as Audrey, Hi Ansel as Mr. Mushnick, Frank Luz as Oren and others, Ron Taylor as the voice of Audrey too, and Martin P. Robinson as the puppeteer. He also happened to make all of the puppets in the show. The off-Broadway production was critically acclaimed and closed on November 1st, 1987 after five years and 2,209 performances. This makes the 1982 production of Little Shop of Horrors the third longest-running musical and highest-grossing production in off-Broadway history. That's insane. Wow. And Alan Menken was going to throw in the towel. Man. (laughs) On October 12, 1983, a production of Little Shop produced by Cameron McIntosh opened in the West End at Comedy Theater. Ellen Green returned to the role of Audrey opposite Barry James as Seymour. This production ran for 813 performances and closed on October 5th, 1985. In the 1980s, the musical also had professional performances in Australia and Canada, becoming popular with regional theaters around the world. You know, I think that's why Little Shop is so well known. It's not just its large off-Broadway off like cult following, but the fact that so many regional theaters were able to do it so quickly after the show was first released. Absolutely, You know, that's how it gained popularity because everybody was doing mm-hmm. it. Everybody's still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still massive today and we will get into that in yeah. a few short sentences. <laughs> in a few decades. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> well, on December 19th, 1986, a movie musical adaptation of Little Shop of Horrors was released, securing the story's place as a cult classic. David Geffen, one of the original producers of the off-Broadway production, began planning a film adaptation of the musical. Steven Spielberg was set to executive produce with Martin Scorsese to direct. Scorsese even had plans to shoot the film in 3D. Production was stalled when the screenwriter of the original film, Charles B. Griffith, filed a lawsuit. The film eventually was offered to Frank Oz while he was working on The Muppets Take Manhattan, but he rejected the project at first. Eventually, his interest grew and he signed on, spending a month and a half making changes to the script to transition it to the screen as well as studying the stage production. Geffen and Howard Ashman approved of the changes. There weren't too many changes from stage to screen. The title song added a verse to make more time for the credits. You Never Know was rewritten to Some Fun Now, Closed for Renovation, Mush Nick and Son, Now, It's Just the Gas, and Call Back in the Morning were cut from the film, and the finale, Don't Feed the Plants, wasn't included in the theatrical version of the piece, and a new song, Mean Green Mother from Outer Space was added in, written by Ashman and Mankin for the film. Now, this is a change that almost happened, but didn't. And it actually is probably my second favorite Little Shop of Horrors fun fact. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So this is the 23-minute alternate ending, (laughs) which took a very dark turn. In this twisted ending, Audrey 2 attacks Audrey, wounding her. Seymour arrives to rescue her, but it's too late, and with her dying breath... Audrey asks him to feed her to the plant so he can continue on his path to success. After, Seymour is ready to commit suicide by jumping off the roof, but is stopped by a man wanting to make and sell Audrey twos. Seymour, realizing the plant is ready to take over the world, tries to kill Audrey too and ends up getting eaten himself. 
In the finale, Audrey 2s have become an army of man-eating plants taking over the Earth. Now, audience members did not react well to the ending, so it was cut during preview screenings and replaced with a happier ending, where Seymour destroys Audrey too, marries Audrey, and moves to the suburbs. I'm just saying, if we are in a relationship and you try to feed me to a plant, it's over. Like, well, she it's asked him to. Okay, if you haven't seen the alternate ending, it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Go watch it. It's... Honestly, if you love the movie, you probably will love the al- I love the alternate ending. Yeah, possibly even more than the original ending. It's like the original ending of the Heather's movie. It's dark and twisted and mm. I love it. Mhm. <laughs> so the film starred Rick Moranis as Seymour, Ellen Green returning to the role of Audrey, Vincent Gardenia as Mr. Mushnick, and Steve Martin as Oren. Surprisingly, Green wasn't the first choice for Audrey, with Cindy Lauper turning down the part and there being rumors of it being offered to Barbara Streisand. Luckily, Frank Oz couldn't imagine any other Audrey, and Green joined the project. Could you imagine any other Audrey? (laughs) Yes, but also Barbara Streisand as Audrey just sounds really odd to me, but you know. I think she could do it, but it's just, it's because Barbara has an iconic sound, and Audrey... Audrey has a very iconic sound, too. And totally. Audrey's iconic sound is because of Ellen Green. Yes. Although Cindy Lauper would do a really good job of Ugh, it as well. Because she talks like that. queen. She talks Cindy. like that. But Ellen Green is... I love her. It's Ellen Green is Audrey. It's Ellen Green. And, yeah. It's anyways, Green. anyways, the film grossed $39 million at the box office which was considered underperforming by the studio. However, the movie became a smash hit when when released for home viewing and now has a decades-long history of being played on television. Like I said, cult classic. Cult classic, we love him here. But that was not the end of Audrey II's journey to the big screen. Mm. As of February 2020, a remake of the feature film was in talk with Warner Brothers, with Greg Berlanti directing and Billy Porter as the voice of Audrey too. That would be really cool. That would be amazing. They could bring Steve Martin in to be Mr. Mm. Mushnick. Yes, I see it. And, um, but I don't know who would play Audrey. That's the thing. But like, no, I can't think of like a movie star. Who could play Audrey? MJ Rodriguez. I'm so stupid. MJ Rodriguez would be perfect for the film version. Right? Because she does television and film. She does. And she she was a killer Audrey. But we will also get to that. We're going to get into that. Which, mm, yes, it's because because I'm still stuck in the 80s. (laughs) Moving right along to 2003, when production began on a Broadway-bound $8 $8 million revival of Little Shop of Horrors, premiering on May 16th at the Miracle Theater in Coral Gables, Florida. Returning from the original off-Broadway production were Lee Wilkoff, who played Mr. Mushnick, his wife, Connie Grappo, as the director. She actually assisted Howard Ashman in 1982, which is how they met. And Martin P. Robinson, the original puppeteer and designer, led the Jim Henson Company in creating the new puppets. The cast was led by Hunter Foster as Seymour and Alice Ripley as Audrey, featuring Billy Porter as the voice of Audrey too. This production did not receive good reviews, criticizing the show's direction, lack of intimacy in a larger space, and the casting of most of the performers. By June, the Broadway transfer had been canceled. 
Only a few weeks later, Grappo and the entire cast except Hunter Foster were fired. Broadway director Jerry Zaks took over and a new cast was announced by July. I did not realize they were all fired. I did know like Alice Ripley and, and that cast did it out of town, but I didn't realize that is why they didn't do Broadway. But hmm. could you imagine where in the a world where in the little shop 2003-2004 revival, it was Alice Ripley and not who it ended Carrie up being? But Carrie oh. Butler. <laughs> I wasn't going to give it away because we're going to get I there in a second. It. But like Oops. a world where Carrie Butler was not Audrey is a world I, I don't want to live in. So I know. take it away, Chrissy. All right. Well, Little Shop of Horrors made its Broadway debut on October 2nd, 2003 at the Virginia Theater featuring Hunter Foster in the brand new cast, which included Carrie Butler as Audrey, Rob Bartlett as Mr. Mushnick, Douglas Stills as Oren, and Michael Leon Woolley as the voice of Audrey too. While the Broadway production was faithful to the original production in many ways, it had a few key changes, such as the extended title song from the 1986 film, Expand It You Never Know with a WSKID radio introduction, and a revised Act 1 finale and added on track before Call Back in the Morning. The orchestrations were also changed for the larger theater, expanding the original five-piece orchestra to include reeds, trumpets, and percussion. Despite being Little Shop's Broadway debut, the show's rich history made it qualified as a revival at the 2003 Tony Awards. On August 22, 2004, the production closed after 372 regular performances. On August 10, 2004, the Broadway production launched a national tour of the United States starring Anthony Rapp and Terry Kelly. It closed in Columbus, Ohio in 2006. On November 17, 2006, a revival opened at the Menier Chocolate Factory, where its critical and commercial success led to a transfer to the West End's Duke of York Theatre in March 2007. By June 2007, the show transferred again to the Ambassador's Theatre, where it closed September of that year. The revival production was directed by Matthew White, featured a new Audrey II design by David Farley, and the West End cast starred Paul Keating as Seymour and Sheridan Smith as Audrey, with Barry James, the Seymour from the original London production, as Mr. Mushnick. In 2009, the Menier Chocolate Factory production toured the United Kingdom with Damien Humbley as Seymour and Claire Buckfield as Audrey. Zooming ahead to August 2018, a revival of Little Shop of Horrors ran through September 22nd at London's Regent's Park Open Air Theatre, directed by Maria Aberg, choreographed by Lizzie G, and designed by Tom Scott. The production featured a song written for the 1986 film Mean Green Mother from Outer Space as an encore, and starred Mark Antolin as Seymour and Jemima Ruper as Audrey. A production opened at Pasadena Playhouse in California on September 17, 2019, running through October 20th. It starred Michaela J. Rodriguez as Audrey, George Salazar as Seymour, and Amber Riley as Audrey, too. What a cast. This production brought back my love of Little Shop of Horrors. Also, Amber Riley? Audrey, okay, too? Michaela oh, J. Yes. Rodriguez? Yes. As, like... I, All of if them. you have All of not them. yet seen this, please look up MJ singing mm -hmm. Suddenly Seymour. It is probably the mm. most heart-wrenching Suddenly Seymour I have ever heard in my entire life. Like the key they put it in for her. Mm -hmm. Oh, 
is just mm. so good. It's so good. And it just really like brings the truth of the song out instead of just focusing on the show me again. You know? <laughs> I know. Like it, <laughs> what it just. That, buddy. <laughs> I know. I never said I was a belter. <laughs> One thing I will say. I never understood why this wasn't the off-Broadway transfer, but you know what? Take it away, Joss. Tell them what happened. You know, this is where it gets wild. This is where it gets wild because so we've already established that on September 17th, 2019, the Pasadena Playhouse Little Shop opened with George and MJ and Amber, but also opening on September 17th, 2019, the exact same day was the current off-Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors at the West Side Theater. Make it make sense. Directed by Michael Mayer, choreographed by Eleanor Scott, with lighting design by Bradley King, the cast featured Jonathan Groff as Seymour, Tammy Blanchard as Audrey, and Christian Borrell as Oren, with Kingsley Legs voicing Audrey too. Now, this production has had a lot of amazing Seymours, so I do just have to. I do have to mention You have to go through it, yeah. Gideon Glick took over the role of Seymour on January 21st, 2020, and played the role until the show closed on March 11th due to the COVID-19 pandemic. On September 21st, 2021, the show reopened, with Blanchard and Borrell returning to their roles and Jeremy Jordan taking on the role of Seymour. Other notable Seymour replacements include Conrad Rigamora in January 2022, Skylar Astin in May 2022, and Rob McClure in July 2022, and he is still playing the role. On September 6th of this year, Lena Hall stepped into the role of Audrey. I, okay, I'm going to be honest for a second, and please don't hate me, me, because I love this show and I love this version of the show. I just don't understand how it survived the pandemic. And I say that with so much love. I am so shocked and pleased about it, but I'm just so surprised. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to go see it eventually because every time I'm like, oh, my God, I'm scared we're not going to get to see it because in my mind, like, shows open and close these days, like, at the snap of a finger. I am so amazed that this production is still running and we have to just, you know, you know, collect seeing those Seymours, like, trading cards you know <laughs> see bingo. bingo but you know this is what i love about little shop like mm -hmm. back in the day did any i don't know if anybody thought yeah a rock musical about this film from the 60s where a plant decides to eat people i don't think anybody <laughs> thought that was going to be a blockbuster i don't think anybody no. was like yes this is it but it was so resilient off broadway and it has always been resilient off Broadway, which is why I think its its success and survival is due to a being off Broadway again, and b it's Little Shop. It's become a cult classic at this point. It's been around for like thirty years, and people love it. People want, and I feel like now more than ever, people want to go see something that's familiar. And with ticket prices, they want to pay money for something they know that they're going to enjoy. Um, and Little Shop just has the history that I think kind of vouches for that. Also, I don't want to call it stunt casting because it's not stunt casting, but their casting for their Seymours has been top tier. Like Jonathan Groff, for example. I would pay to hear Jonathan Groff sing the ABCs. People are going to go see Little Shop just because it's Jonathan Groff. 
People are uh-huh. going to go see Little Shop just because it's Jeremy Jordan. I love Jeremy Jordan. And, you know, so that is introducing a whole new generation of theater kids who know Jeremy and Jonathan from like Spring Awakening and Newsies and Hamilton even to Little Shop. And that's why it works. And that's why I think it's working so well. Um, and I'm just so thrilled that it is still running and uh, having a successful run because, yeah, I think it's awesome. I just, I love, love, love that yeah. it's back. I love that it also shows that, yes, off-Broadway shows can be successful and be long-running. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. I am so happy that they didn't, you know, transfer to Broadway in the sense that, yes, keep off-Broadway working keep these theaters occupied and employed and yeah no I think it's an excellent production I love this cast recording it's right up there with the uh, ca- uh 2003 yeah. cast recording I think it's amazing and I love the 2003 cast recording so like saying mm-hmm. I love this one almost as much oh yeah it's like oh yeah high praise Christian Borle yeah. as the dentist was just mm. like a stroke of genius like that first cast was so well cast. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, Jonathan Groff, Christian Borle. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. You know, I do want to, since we're talking about casting, mm-hmm. do you remember on social media, every time they announced a new Seymour, people are like, oh my God, he's too hot. He can't play Seymour. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Like people <laughs> were so about angry about the fact that Jeremy Jordan was playing Seymour. Yeah. And, you know, as someone who is also a geek who wears glasses, we can be hot. <laughs> we can be hot. My geekiness is not defined by my physical appearance. Well, exactly. My glasses don't make me ugly. And I would say I, Jeremy Jordan, like when I think of him, I'm like, that is the geekiest, cutest human to ever live. Like, right? Like, yeah. He's hot and he's totally geeky. So silly. Jeremy Jordan, I'm sorry. I don't mean to objectify you, but... I'm just using you as an. I'm using you as an example yeah. here because you're a beautiful man, and you're also have that, like you know, wh- like what do you think hot people act like? <laughs> like, come on, no, guys. exactly. <laughs> anyway, I, yeah, I forgot about that. That was a good I'm t- point. I'm totally okay with hot Seymours because you know what, Seymour is a hottie. Mm-hmm. He t- would have treated Audrey right. Well, I mean. I mean, Seymour is the greatest. Seymour is the greatest. Seymour is the greatest. Sweet understanding. Seymour's my man. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to wrap this up. Amen. Yep. Yeah. So that's just a little snippet of Little Shop's extensive stage history. But I think as we've proven, the show has been beloved for decades all over the world. And it is still receiving all of the love here in 2022. Yeah. And I think there's... The only way to wrap up this episode, there's only one way we can do it. Mm-hmm. Chrissy, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Perhaps. Should we say it together? All right. On the count of three. Okay. Three, two, one. Don't, Don't feed the, the plants. plants. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> ah! Well, that is another show history in the books for us. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Joss. Together, we are Breaking, breaking the, the Curtain. curtain. And we are taking you on our countdown to Halloween. We have Mm -hmm. two more spooky episodes for you and possibly a bonus. Stick around and find out. Bye, friends. See ya.